Welcome to the Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast, covering agriculture and all things related in East Carroll, Madison, Tinsall, Concordia, and Catahoula Parishes. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast. Today, I am joined with county agents uh, R.L. Frazier and Mr. Dennis Burns. And we have a special guest today, Dr. Tyler Tolls. Is it Towels? Is that how you pronounce it? Tolls. Tolls. Okay. I want to make sure I get that right. Yep. Um, and Tyler, we're glad to have you on the episode today. Um, so your recent new hire and you're stationed at the Macon Ridge Research Station in Winsboro. Um, why don't you give us a little background on yourself and how you how you found yourself in Winsboro? All right. Yeah. Um, so I'm originally from Greenville, Mississippi. Um, I did undergrad at Mississippi State and decided I wanted to be an entomologist after working for Dow AgriScience in Wayside, Mississippi through my undergrad college years and um, kind of started putting feelers out for grad school and, and I ran into Angus Ketchot who's at Mississippi State and he offered me a spot for a master's degree so I took it and shortly after that it kind of rolled into a PhD program which is what I wanted to you know wind up with anyways so that's kind of what I did and and finished that up in in May and took this job started May 1st down here in Winsboro I'm a 80% extension I mean 80% research 20% extension split and uh, as of as of now it's been great so far and I'm enjoying it awesome that's good to hear and you had to move during a pandemic and awesome times to be alive I tell you yeah uh, so what um what are your research goals like what have you got going on this summer what are you working on what do you plan to do yeah so this summer is it's a big learning curve for me right now so I'm kind of just throwing darts at the dartboard but um, some of the things we're working on right now is in my in my dissertation I worked a lot with cotton boll worms so I have a I have a soft spot in my heart for cotton boll worms so we're collecting bollworms out of nine BT corn and two gene BT field corn and, and we're um, infesting onto cotton and we're looking at things like fecundity, which is egg lay numbers and, and the potential that they can have on um, on damage on damage on different different um, BT cotton varieties and things like that. Um, my RA, Wade Walker, who's working on his master's, he's got a pretty cool little project where we're applying Inferro starter fertilizer to try to see if we can get cotton out of thrip stage faster. And uh, it's just looking at the field. I mean, it's it's pretty cool. I think it's going to be some, some good data to have. Um, we're also running lots of threshold and efficacy trials just, just for, for my um, just for my help to kind of see how things work in this part of the world you know being from doing a lot of work in the delta and the hills of mississippi things are a lot different down here and, and the way people do things are a lot different and uh we're also doing a lot of stuff with with other schools such as um we've got a joint project going with mississippi state looking at planting dates for um soybean varieties and how red band and stink bugs can delay maturity and things like that and um, we actually just submitted a proposal yesterday. So if that gets funded, we'll have more research to talk about next time I come on the podcast. <laughs> well, you've only been here for, I guess, a couple, well, three, yeah, three or three four months. months. Yeah. So you, 
sounds like you've got a lot going on just in three months working working in the situations that we have now. Uh, well, that all sounds exciting. Um, so let's talk about, um, you know, what's going on in, in the, I guess, crops world right now. Um, I guess we can start with soybeans. Uh, what do we need to be thinking about right now spraying soybeans? I know some people are starting to make some applications uh, starting this week. Um, what are you seeing? So I've had some calls about corn earworms that are kind of starting to show up. They're moving out of corn and, and moths are starting to lay some eggs and some beans. Um, they prefer those wide rows and those blooming beans. So if you've got that, just be scouting extra hard. That threshold is 38 larvae per 100 sweeps. Or if you're using a drop cloth, it's it's three larvae per row foot. Um, and, why the, and I'm just curious, why is the drop cloth and sweep different? Can you explain that? Yeah, so, and especially for corn earworm, if, if they're feeding on pods, you know, those pods will be deeper in the canopy. So, um, you know, I'm not exactly sure how, how many worms you're going to catch in a sweep net because they're going to be lower probably in the bottom two thirds of the plant. So, you know, drop cloth might be better, and that's a good, you know, a research idea that we should, you know, probably look at. But, but uh, if you are running into some some pod worms and soybeans or corn earworms and soybeans, um, we typically recommend, you know, diamides or intrepid edge or, or even that um, the virus um, uh, ag biotech calls it helogen, you know, and it it has its place too. So it's pretty interesting. Um, type of chemistry but anyways past uh passing corn earworm i talked to c brown uh yesterday down in alexandria and he was telling me that loopers are starting to kind of show up and so are green clover worms and velvet bean caterpillars so the uh green clover worms and the velvet beans they're they're pretty susceptible to pyrethroids so if you're treating for stink bugs and soybeans you're probably going to hit go ahead and clean them up while you're at it um, however, loopers, which migrate north uh, as the year goes on, if, if Steve's starting to see them down in Alexandria, that means that we need to start scouting for them, you know, up here on the ridge and in the delta of Louisiana. And that threshold is 150 per 100 sweeps or eight per row foot. Um, and for them, we, we see a lot of pyrethroid resistance. So, you know, if we're looking at options to, to treat for loopers, we're looking at diamides, which are the besiege and the prevathon, or intrepid edge again. And then I guess the last thing that we really need to be paying close attention to are stink bugs. And here on the station, I'm getting calls, you know, about red bandits and things like that. But here on station, we're starting to see some, uh, some stink bugs trickle into our soybeans and usually as they hit R3, R4, that's when we start kind of seeing red banded. So um, our red banded threshold is 16 per 25 sweeps. Um, it's also important to keep in mind that um, bifenthrin is really the, the good pyrethroid that we use against red bandits and, and adding in a little acephate. That's, that's our real good option for red bandits, but you also have to be careful that if you are throwing out acephate, you don't want to flare soybean loopers if you got them in the field because that's a good way to do it. Well, I always heard even people do this, they'll spray a pound of acephate late mm -hmm. and it'll take out some loopers. Like if they have below threshold, but they want to get closer, they're not too 
too far from burning them down. Yeah. And they don't want the loopers to get out of hand. They'll spray a pound of asphalt just to kind of clean up. It'll clean up pretty much everything out there, and it will kill some loopers. Yeah. It'll. I mean, it'll definitely knock out any stink bugs you've got left over, and you know, towards the end of the year, and, and have a little bit of activity on loopers. Yeah. This was this is like an end of the year thing, a couple of weeks before uh, termination. And yes. Just to. Well, they were looking for stink bugs for seed quality, but the loopers were there, and I always thought the loopers were just taking the leaves off, made it easier to burn down, but I guess they can get out of control and get in the pods. Yeah, they can, and uh, another thing to keep in mind, especially going back to stink bugs, is we typically recommend to terminate stink, stink bug sprays at uh, R6.5, which is R6 plus seven days, but on red-banded stink bugs, we actually recommend that you go a little longer on your insecticide applications, at least to R7 and maybe even further. And that kind of depends on what our harvesting conditions look like because those red banded stink bugs can can damage a lot longer than those browns and southern greens and greens can. Hmm. Well, um, what about cotton? What do we need to know about cotton? So in cotton, um, tarnished plant bugs is, is our big one. Um, that that post balloon threshold is two to three insects per red foot with a drop cloth and that's typically how we sample uh, blooming cotton is always with a drop cloth um, if we do have to make application uh, we do have quite a few options um, diamond is an insect growth regulator it works good on the nymphs it will have no effect on the adults Transforms another good option through Corteva it's a good it's a good all-around for adults and nymphs and and both of those, uh, both of those chemistries will not flare spider mites. Um, of course, there are some organophosphates that we can use, such as bidrin and things like that. Um, we don't recommend pyrethroids really anymore. We've seen resistance uh, with plant bugs for a while on pyrethroids. So, and as we kind of get closer to cutout, which is a uh, note above white flower five, that's when we can start, you know, cutting back on insecticide applications because anything above note above white flower five is really not going to probably make it into the basket anyways. Um, moving from plant bugs to bull worms, the flight has been pretty weird this year, um, especially from calls that I've gotten. I've talked to a, a couple of consultants in the area. Basically, what I've seen here on station is I haven't seen a definite flight. Trap counts have been very sporadic, but they've all been very low. I haven't seen eggs. We've been scouting, scouting our bullworm trials, and, and I haven't seen any eggs, but every now and again we flush real low numbers in soybeans and cotton um, but anyways what i've heard north of i-20 is there was a flight and there were eggs so it's just i guess just where the corn's at is kind of where the flight is which makes sense um, but anyways if we're if if you've got um, two gene cotton such as uh, bulgard two or or twinley that's what we're recommending that uh, those applications on that 20% egg lay just just as just based off of cry resistance. Um, however, if you're, if you're planting three gene cotton such as Bogard three, Twin Link Plus, or Wide Strike three, we don't recommend that you make any kind of insecticide application on an egg threshold. That's just just to give the BT proteins and that BIP protein time to work on those on those neonates. 
However, if you do come back and, and you're seeing, you know, 4% live larvae or 6% fruit damage, that's our threshold outside of, of the, um, outside of the egg lay threshold. So it's also important to keep in mind if you are seeing in worms inside of bowls and you make an insecticide application, don't expect that insecticide application to have any effect on those worms inside those bowls because they're going to be shielded. Um, but speaking of that, um, if you do want to make an insecticide application, Prevathon and Besiege is typically our best options. Um, both diamides, um, 20 ounces of Prevathon or 10 ounces of Besiege is you know, what we commonly recommend. All right, Dennis, got a question. <laughs> I got a question. Okay, RL and I, in both our parishes, we have, each have a grower growing 60-inch cotton. Mm -hmm. So the 60-inch cotton is, actually, it looks, or the one in Tensile and what we have at the research station, all look really good. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's doing well. But we're going to have to carry it longer than normal what you would consider normal for us we're going to carry it we figured two three weeks longer rl be honest in you my i lost y'all during the question i don't even know what it was we're talking <laughs> about 60 inch cotton we're going to have to we're going to have to carry the cotton longer because we've just got to make it 60 inch so we got to make more so it's going to have to go longer than normal <laughs> and my question to tyler is is this going to cause us extra problems with worms, late season worms, plant bugs? Is it going to become a magnet? You know, that's, yeah, you know, that's a good question. Um, I mean, if you're carrying that cotton out, which for plant bugs, at least, like I said earlier, I mean, once you get to a certain point, you're, you're not going to, you're not going to hit um, all that just growing out the top is probably not going to make it into the basket anyway. So for, for plant bugs, I, I wouldn't, I don't think that it would have really any effect. Um, but, but bollworms, maybe, I mean, you might see some more feeding, but again, I think, you know, whenever we go to terminate those applications, I mean, like I said earlier, it's, it, you're just you're just growing something that probably won't make it into the basket anyway. So you just have to protect those those money bowls. Yeah, well, and that's what been the and the 60 inch is different because we're growing sideways. We're counting the, the bowls coming out the top. Yeah, but we also got a lot of bowls going sideways because we got a, we got 60 inches of skip we got to fill in. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of second, third, fourth, fifth position bowls out there that we're gonna have to make. You know, that's where our that's where our yield's gonna come from. So yeah. uh, well, worms. Are, my I guess my question is: Is that green spot out there after we cut the corn? We're already spraying beans and for paraquat on beans and tensile. Is it this? Is it going to become a green island that everything's going to come to? Yeah, I guess it's possible um, for a moth flight, a late moth flight, to to get over into you know your your late late cotton. Um, but I, I you know I really don't I haven't thought about where late flights come from you know because mm -hmm. typically after it comes out of corn you know we manage it in cotton and that's really it we don't really think about it anymore so so that's a good question. Well, it's just, uh, we have, Laurel's got a grower. I got a grower. We've got it on, on the station in St. Joe. Uh, looks really good. And so uh, 
we're just waiting to see and but it's going to have its own its own set of problems and mm -hmm. that's that's why well that's one thing we you know the growers are doing it but we got it on the station for that to just kind of figure out if there is anything that's going to come up yeah i mean that's a whole new management style for that crop how's it look right now looks really good now um rl tweeted a picture he has yours is lapped isn't it rl pretty much lapped uh i'm 511 and it was hitting me at shoulder high yeah ours is not on the station ours is better than waist high and it's it's almost lapped uh the one at in the growers farm he has a lot of his is lapped it's better ground lapped now they've been put they've been a little more heavy with the picks they let it grow for a while and then then they started fixing it pretty good to hold it down and and uh and that's that's another thing since we're going to talk about we got an entomologist here well we're going to talk about 60 inch cotton <laughs> and picks and that's one thing that dr josh copes and i've been going back and forth about you put picks out to stop it from growing up mm -hmm. well does the picks also stop it from growing sideways mm -hmm. You know, because we've got 60 inches of skip, we got a lot of room to fill up and a lot of room to grow and make yield. And so we don't want to slow it down too much. Too, too much. Yeah. yeah, we're not. We've been putting picks on it, on ours on the station, 10 ounces, 12 ounces, not a not a tremendous amount, just mm -hmm. enough to tickle it along, I guess you could say. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and actually, it sounds like RL hadn't been doing that. So <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> you know you were talking about that my thoughts and this is just rough thoughts okay dennis from what i understand a picks it basically shortens the node doesn't it yeah node. yeah that's well, all that stop it from going up but i wouldn't think it would affect the width it well, just makes it a little more uh, that makes that tree a little more bushy because we're growing a tree now and not a plant yeah i don't don't really know and that's question josh and i've gone back and forth about it. is it is it the is it term is it slowing down side growth like it does vertical growth so we'll see but you can't you know i mean we've got uh what we've got on station is is a variety that it likes to grow and we're having to keep it in keep it in check mm -hmm. which is uh and so and but it goes back to the reason they plant one reason for the 60 inch was to help cut down with bow rot so we need a little be able to have a little space in there to get uh, we don't need it all locked up but, yeah uh, and of course that affects the bugs too so. yeah well i believe you talked up a couple of research ideas yeah. <laughs> hey i'm good your new your new i guess uh i don't think we've mentioned my new position yeah you can go ahead and tell them what, what you're doing now well i'm now the research coordinator at the northeast research station um started a month and a half two months ago i got turned loose uh well i didn't turn it loose kylie took over she's now the ag agent in catahoula and concordia i still am the ag agent in uh tensile but uh, we kind of swapped around and uh, got new duties and I still come to Concordia. Some I'm, he's still the parish. I'm chair still parish here. chair down here, so I have to come down here occasionally and talk to him. <laughs> make sure we show it up. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, I come in this morning to make sure everybody's here. You know, that thing. Yeah. But, uh, well, congratulations you know, to that. You'll be you'll be a good fit for that. Well, thank you. Yeah. 
Well, Tyler, that's all. I think all the questions we have for you, we really appreciate your time and good luck this growing season. And if you need any help, reach out to us. We'll be more than willing to step up for you and do whatever you need. And if anybody is looking to get in touch with Tyler, um, you're at the Macon Ridge Research Station. Um, you can find him there or get in touch with us and we'll put you in contact with him if you got any questions. Um, before I close, the only other thing I want to mention, or Dennis is waving his hand, so I'll let him mention what he wants the, to mention. We got the, the Row Rice field, and I don't know the date on it right this second. I think it's first first week in August coming up, and it'll be a virtual one. Okay. Uh, we'll we'll send out something on Twitter. I'm I can't. They changed the date on it once, so I don't remember what it is now. Okay. But uh, if you follow our Twitter account. Uh, and you, everybody should be following our Twitter account. Um, the Row Rice virtual, I think that's the only one left to come up. Okay. Uh, I think. I think I think you're right. That we're getting close to the end of the yeah. summer. That's usually the next one. That one is sweet potato. Um, but yeah, also too, uh, everyone look at the back of your pesticide cards. If you need to be renewed, Kim is doing. She's, I think she's got some in-person and uh, some, I guess, virtual classes coming up. I'm actually signed up for one next week. I'll be sitting in front of my computer all day Tuesday getting my commercials renewed. So I'm not looking forward to that if I had to be <laughs> real honest. <laughs> but you don't have to take the test. But I don't want to have to retake that test. So uh, everybody look at the back of your card. Uh, if you're about to expire this year, um, you know, reach out to us. We'll figure out how to get you recertified. But other than that, um, thank you, Tyler, again for joining us. And we hope to hear you uh, back next time. So. I appreciate you. Before you go. Oh, wait. Go ahead. Well, I ain't said a whole lot. Tyler, it's just glad to have another Mississippi boy on stage with me now. <laughs> I've been running solo up here with all these Louisiana folks. Glad to be here. <laughs> well, you know. Well, I mean, we sent two kids to uh, I Mississippi two kids. State. I, I got, I paid for two degrees at Mississippi State. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great school. You know, it, it's a good school. They, uh, they both did well, and they enjoyed it to the fullest extent of possible. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of fun. That's all I'm gonna say. Everybody I know that went there, they're they're pretty cool. So <laughs> they, uh, they had a real good time. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> and they learned something too. Well, they're both very successful. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thanks everybody for listening. Join us next time. The Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast is produced by the LSU Ag Center Extension Service. For more information, visit the LSUAgCenter.com or contact your local Extension office.